Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to this special bonus edition of the Can't Wait for Christmas Podcast. I'm Tim Babb, stand-up comedian and Christmas freak. If this is your first time listening, normally we take a look at some of the trappings of Christmas, the music, the movies, the traditions, and we learn a little bit more about them and try to have a few laughs along the way. Yeah, try being the operative word. Oh, hey there, imaginary listener who sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog. I'm glad you're here. I could use your help along with the other imaginary listeners. What for? Today's bonus episode is part of a big Christmas podcast crossover event spanning seven different Christmas podcasts. We're all teaming up to read the story, The House of the Seven Santas. Each podcast will read a part of the story, so once you listen to all seven shows, you'll get the full story. Plus, get a taste of some Christmas podcasts you might not have heard before. Okay, that sounds fun. So, how can I help? Well, we'll be reading part two of the story, and there are four characters in this part of the story. So you guys can help me out. You'll read the part of Grantham. Then, the character who sounds similar to, but for copyright reasons, is definitely not Mickey Mouse, can read the part of Dobbly. Huh? Oh, boy! And, guy with weird asthma who sounds suspiciously like Darth Vader, you'll read the part of Billy Ricketts. This will be a day long remembered. Sure. Then, the role of Dr. Mallaby will be performed by the imaginary listener who sort of sounds like George Bailey. Uh, he hasn't been around since you insulted him on the January episode. Oh, right. Well, is Arnold still hanging around after the Silent Night episode? Yeah! Great, you're the doctor, and I'll be the narrator. But before we start, if you haven't listened to part one of this story yet, go to the Christmas Past podcast and look for the episode titled House of the Seven Santas, Part One. Okay, if you're still listening, I assume you're all caught up on the first part of the story and you're ready for House of the Seven Santas, Part Two. Here we go. Hello, Dobby, cried his friend and neighbor Grantham. What happened to you? An 18-carat family man is spending his Christmas Eve at a club? Shame on you! I am duly repentant, Gran, replied Dobbly. But you see, as your neighbor, I felt it my duty to keep an eye on you this night. There are hobgoblins in the air. Why are you not at home in the bosom of your family yourself? The walking is too bad, said Grantham. And besides, that confounded valet of mine forgot to put my snowshoes in my suitcase. They say the river is frozen solid all the way up, put in Billy Ricketts, who is a good deal of a wag, as old bachelors are apt to be. Why don't you fellows skate home? I tried, smiled Grantham, but the wind is blowing down the river and I live up. I hadn't been going more than two hours when I landed on Staten Island. In this way, the exiles strove to comfort each other and on the surface succeeded, but inwardly a very miserable lot they were. Clubs have their attractions, but we have not yet succeeded in developing an institution of that kind which is a fair substitute for the home fireside on a Christmas Eve. Even the most confirmed old bachelor will confess to you that, way down deep in his heart, the comforts of such organizations seem cheerless and cold in contrast to the visions of smiling hearthstones and merry gatherings of happy children that come to them in their dreams. You got some bundle there, Dobby, said Grantham, as Dobbly relieved himself of his burden of packages. What are you going to do, open a department store? <laughs> ejaculated Ricketts. You're a fine fellow to talk. Ought to have seen Gran when he staggered in here an hour ago, Dobby. I thought at first he was a branch office of the American Express Company. Honest I did. Talk about your bundle trust. Gran had the market cornered. 
Well, why shouldn't I have? demanded Grantham. Haven't I got five of the finest kids that ever climbed a Christmas tree? Nope, said Dobbly, with an air of conviction. Your five are dandies, Gran, but you ought to see my six. I've seen them, said Grantham, and I'll give every blessed one of them an honorable mention as high steppers and thoroughbreds. But when it comes to the real thing, well, my five are blue ribbon kids, all right, all right. How you fathers do brag about little things, snorted Ricketts. You two braggarts can roll your eleven into one, and the aggregate wouldn't be a marker to what my children would be, if I had any. I have half a mind to give up my state of single blessedness just to show you vainglorious chaps what I... Just what Ricketts was going to show the assembled gathering? The world will never be able to do more than guess. It was at this precise moment that Dr. Mallerby, shedding snow from his broad, burly figure at every step, staggered into the room and, with a scant greeting to his friends, hastened to the blazing log fire on the club hearth and, kneeling before it, began unwrapping a bundle of some size that he, too, carried in his arms. What on earth have you got there, Doctor? cried Ricketts, craning his neck over the newcomer's shoulder. One of those new character dolls? No, Billy, no, said Mallerby, fumbling away at the bundle. I wish to heaven it were. Can't you see, old man? It's the real thing. The real what? said Ricketts, bending lower. The real thing, returned Mallerby in a low voice. Poor little tot of a newsboy. Where on earth did you pick him up? gasped Ricketts as the others gathered around. Out of the storm, said Mallerby. I found him huddled up in the vestibule of Colonel Mortimer's when I came out of the house ten minutes ago. The poor little devil was curled up, almost into a knot, trying to keep warm, and lay there fast asleep, with his papers under his arm. I honestly believed that if I hadn't come out when I did, it would have been too late. This is a fierce storm! He isn't... he isn't frozen, is he? faltered Dobbly, as he gazed into the blue little face of the unconscious urchin, a face grimy with the frequent mixture of two dirty little fists and his tears. And that's it for our part of the story. Well, it's quite a cliffhanger. Uh, I want to give special thanks to at Butch Bailey RYP on Twitter because it was his tweet to all of us Christmas podcasts that pretty much started the ball rolling on this whole crossover. Now, to hear part three, head on over to our friends at Tis the Podcast. You can find their website at tisthepodcast.podbean.com. Or if you can't remember that, I put a link to their show in the show notes of this episode at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. And while you're at our site, I hope you'll give some of our other episodes a listen, and I really hope you'll take the time to vote in our great Die Hard debate. We're going to decide once and for all whether Die Hard is or isn't a Christmas movie. So you can vote yippee-ki-yay or yippee-ki-nay, but vote before December 14th. Okay, sorry for all the extra blither blather, but enjoy part three of the story. Come back and see us December 15th for our next regular episode, and in the meantime, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2017. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can'twaitforchristmaspod. Or on Twitter, we are at ChristmasPod. Or you could always send us an email directly at Christmas at Tancast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. 
We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Kristen Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Oh, I should warn you, I put outtakes at the end of my shows, so if you're anxious to hear part three, you can just turn this off. There's nothing more you need to know, but if you like foolish nonsense, (laughs) you're in luck. If this is your first time listening, normally we take a look at some of the trappings of Christmas. The music, the movies, the traditions, and we learn a little bit more... We learn a little bit about how Tim can't talk. But we have not yet succeeded in developing an institution of that kind, which is a fair suitable for the home... Oh, suitable. Or substitute. Tim doesn't know how to read. The comforts of such organizations seem cheerless and cold in contrast to the visions of smiling heart. Whoo! These are some sentences! Like, oh, should we have a subject and a predicate? Nah, cram a bunch of words in there! What on earth have you got there, Doctor? Cried Ricketts, craning his neck over the newcomer's shoulder. One of those new character dolls? No, Billy, no! <laughs> Arnold makes everything better. Come on. Load the website. I'm trying to double check that tisthepodcast.com is the place to send people, but it's not working. Arnold, this is why you're not usually our tech guy. Hey, I'm doing the best I can. It's your Comcast internet. What do you want me to tell you?